Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, we'll hear some sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels, his media session that he had with us on Tuesday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center before they basically shut it on down for the bye week. So uh, that's coming up at 3.30. But right now, we're kicking off hour number two of the show with our guy, Robert Carr, NFL sideline photographer covering the Raiders since 2002 on Twitter and Instagram at Bob Carr NFL. And uh, Robert, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, one good thing. I saw your tweet about no pressure between Tim Brown and Lincoln Kennedy. The one good thing is neither one of those guys are in Hawaii. So I think you got a leg up on them right now. Yeah, hey Q, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, the weather's always nice out here, man, so uh, can't complain about that, I guess. No, no, no. I've only been to Hawaii once, and it was fantastic, and uh, now I have uh, visions and thoughts of always heading back. So uh, not not bad place for you to be, but wanted to have you on. Just get a couple uh, of your thoughts. Of course, we know the situation that happened Monday night with Devontae Adams and the cameraman, and you've been a cameraman on the sideline for a very long time. So when you saw that video, when you saw how everything shook out, what was your initial thoughts? Yeah, my initial thoughts was a, actually a tweet. I'm, I'm watching it happen. I'm like, you know what, man? It's, I see this guy just kind of walk in front of Devontae, and I'm like, you know what? The guy wearing the yellow security jacket to the right of Devontae, it was his responsibility to tell that guy, hey, stop. Players are coming through, right? I mean, there's so many rules and protocols that we have to follow. And uh, I, was, I was really surprised to see anybody walk in front of players like that. Yeah, no, I was. So it was shocking. Yeah, it was. It was really shocking, and because uh, I've been on the sidelines plenty of times as well. Not as a camera guy, obviously, but you know, as a guy that's just hey, you know, when there's players coming through, you have to pay attention. So, in, in your experiences, have you ever had a situation like that? Not necessarily getting pushed down, but just you know, interacting and and, and getting not trucked, but ran over kind of by a player. Oh, many times, you know, and it's something that I've talked about a few times on Twitter now, but. I mean, there's been errant passes. I've been pushed. I've been shoved. I've been stepped on. Nothing was malicious, but, you know, I would never think, okay, I'm going to, this is my money grab. I could press charges and follow a suit and do all these things, lawyer up. Like, it's kind of kind of silly, to be honest. It seems silly to me as well, and you know you see all the the complaints on the on the uh, court document about whiplash and minor concussion, and you know all these different uh, injuries that he has. It's just it's 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 hard for me to to believe that, but at the same time, you know who am I to question it? So you know what is what is some of the rules that you have as a cameraman on the sideline? What are some of the rules that you have to follow? Um, I mean, there's there's a laundry list. I mean, if you if you're a credentialed media member as well, Q. So, on the back of your credential, there's a laundry list of things that you're waiving your rights to. That you have to you know follow the rules specifically. Um, as a photographer, videographer, it's pretty tough for us because we're looking, we're watching the game, but we're, you know one eye is through that lens, so we're not really aware of what's going on around us. So your head has to be on a swivel at all times. Um, but around the field itself, there's, there's a yellow line that goes around the field. We can't cross that line. Um, when players come in and out of tunnels, um, most teams will actually prohibit photographers and videographers from going inside that tunnel at all, or even hanging around and near it because these types of things can happen. Um, 
I mean, you got 50 guys that are, you know, NFL players are huge. You know, they're monsters. And um, it doesn't take much for any of us to get knocked over. Um, so, I mean, just being mindful of, of your surroundings. Um, you know, we're not supposed to cut in front of players. Security normally advises us. And we'll say, hey, players coming through, they'll announce it. So, you know, we have to move out, step out to the side and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of rules and things you have to follow out there. When it comes to the rules that you have to follow, you also mentioned the waiver that, that you have to sign before the game. So the fact that there's a waiver that you have to sign before even stepping onto the field, do you think that that clears Devontae Adams? Obviously, he should not have pushed him, but if it comes to anything legal, it's one of those, hey, you knew what, you, you knew what it was when you signed up type of situations. Um, absolutely. I mean, I, I've been hit uh, a few times by Jamarcus Russell pass. That's probably one of the only things he ever did was <laughs> he threw hard, that guy. And same thing with Drew Brees. And it was a running back for the Falcons, uh, which I think was Jacquees Rogers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, almost took my head off. I did some matrix type things for a guy that's 250. I didn't know I was that nimble. But these are all things where I care more about my camera than myself. But you know, if something did happen to me, the last thing I would do would, you know, be I'm going to follow a lawyer, lawyer up. You know, Devontae's in the wrong for pushing the guy, but I think Stanford Rout said it best earlier uh, in an article I read on Raiders Beat. He talked about how they want you to be a certain type of way, then all of a sudden you're supposed to be able to turn that emotion off as you walk off the field. And anybody who's played sports, especially, uh, especially professionally, mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to do. Just turn that switch off. Okay. We just lost an emotional game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk back and you know, be happy and peaceful. So that, that's a tough situation for Devontae to be in. But I don't, I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm not sure what that uh, waiver kind of protects the NFL and the players with. Um, I think it's more about so if something happened to you accidentally. Uh, what Devontae did was a little more, uh, not so much of an accident, but. Right. You know, I think it's, I think, like I said, this whole situation is silly. Talk right now with Robert Carr, NFL sideline photographer, been covering the Raiders since 2002. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Bob Carr NFL and with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So kind of moving forward from this situation, knowing that this could happen. And, you know, actually we had Tim Brown earlier make a, a, a good point. Like this could happen more often than not. There could be a, another freelance guy that just decides, hey, maybe I got my opportunity, my, my time to shine. Do you think that the rules may change? Do you think that the NFL or, or the individual stadiums might change the rules a little bit for cameramen for reporters that are on the sidelines um I, I probably most likely i mean all it takes is one situation to kind of make a change for everybody else and and this kind of situation could make it worse there could be more rules implied going forward um more stricter access um for photographers and videographers i was surprised to see that this guy is a espn freelancer mm-hmm. so that there's, they have their own vetting process. This isn't a guy from a small hometown, local news, doesn't have much experience. Like He went through a process, most likely. Um, so he should be very aware of the surroundings and, and, and what it's like to be out there on the field. So probably they're going to have more stricter access in the, in the player tunnels. They're probably going to have to have more security on, on both sides. But, I mean, to be honest, like, Small accidents happen every game. Right. I mean, people get hit. Photographers get run over. Especially videographers. They're the ones <laughs> basically laying down on the field, and they're so focused on capturing that shot that, you know, they get run into. We all get run into, but that's just kind of how it goes. I mean, we, we're willing to take the risk to get the shot. Yeah, for me, 
this guy, he's a real look at me, Louis, for filing, <laughs> you know, the charges. But in your experience, if you needed to speak with someone from another, from an opposing team's organization, do you think you would be able to have that access? Let's say if you, not even file a complaint, but hey, could you get me in touch with someone from the Chiefs PR department? Do you think you would have that type of access? I'm just trying to point out to get make the point in this guy's situation. He could have just contacted the Raiders and maybe say, hey, can you get me in touch with Devontae's people? Absolutely. I mean, there, there's a media black book that all members of the media that cover the NFL have access to. So if you need to get a hold of anybody, uh, whether it's uh, the Kansas City media or, you know, KC you know, PR department, it's not a hard thing to come across. We all have access to the same information. So, I mean, I just didn't like the fact that a police report was filed. And it just seemed, to me, it seems like he's just just a money grab. Uh, there, there are better ways to handle the situation. I mean, Devontae, he apologized for his actions. I respect him for that. And just move on. You know, it, it, it's silly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind every time. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, moving on is, is definitely what I felt like was going to happen. And now here we are, and there's all of a sudden charges, uh, you know, p- filed against Devontae Adams, which I think is is pretty silly. But uh, finally, as we wrap this up, I saw a tweet that you put out there saying that, you know, being on the sidelines for you is a privilege. You've done it for a very long time, and you've taken a lot of photos, videos, everything that you've been doing, covering the Raiders for a very long time. How much of a privilege is it for you? How, what has this job meant to you? Oh, man, Q, you know, I grew up a, a Raiders fan, and uh, I started this thing out 20 years ago, and I was blessed to, to kind of, for things kind of ha- to have just, just to fall into place like they have. And, um, you know, there's 32 teams, and it, it's a privilege to cover the NFL. It's a privilege to work in any kind of profession, professional uh, media capacity. Um, and, you know, if you, you, you look at how things have changed over the years, like you went from, like in Oakland, we had – there's probably 70, 80 photographers out there. Now, now the NFL, after COVID, reduced it down to 30. So there's only 30 of us out at every game mm. covering a Raiders game. You know, so it is a privilege. It's an honor to be out there. And uh, I, never t- I never take it for granted. You know, I'm blessed to be doing this for 20 years. It's, it's uh, just happened to be my, my, the team I was a huge fan of growing up. And uh, to have relationships with players and the people that I've met along the way and the friends I've made, the relationships, it, it's, it's a huge honor. That's awesome. It really is. And and I know exactly what you mean when it comes to being blessed and having an honor to, you know, how much of an honor it is to cover a team that you grew up as a fan of, because that's that's what I live every day, man. I really do, as you very well know. Uh, where can everyone find your work? I know your Twitter and your Instagram, at Bob Carr NFL. I know that's both, but uh, where, where's where's your work that, that Raider Nation can find? Um, right now, just on social media. Um, okay. I am in the process of archiving about 300,000 photos. Woo! So. That once that once that work is done, uh, that's going to appear on a website somewhere. But just for the time being, uh, Twitter and, and Instagram. Okay. Bob Carr NFL. That'll work. That at, at Bob Carr NFL and help between those three hundred thousand pictures you got. Your boy's got to be in one. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be in one possibly, but no, good, good stuff as always. Um, it's great, man. You know, congratulations on the on the longevity of the job that you've been doing. Uh, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, just to give us a little insight and taking us to the sidelines of an NFL game, and you know, just what it's like to be in your shoes. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, pleasure, Q. Thank you so much for having me on. No doubt Appreciate about it. There he goes. Absolutely. Robert Carr, NFL sideline photographer, been covering the Raiders since 2002. What a blessing that is right there. Again, on Twitter and Instagram at Bob Carr NFL. Again, at Bob Carr 
NFL. 3.12 is the time. Damon, I found the video that you were looking for. I can't believe you couldn't find it. It wasn't that difficult. When I was talking about the sideline reporter that got trucked, Jessica Mori. Was it the first thing that popped up? Damn near. <laughs> I mean, it didn't take me long to find it, right? I mean, I, we didn't go play hide and seek. All I did is punch it in. Maybe I spelled the last name wrong. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I'll have to show you in the break, and I'll let you describe it when we come back. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 318 is the time. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. He'll join us to talk about the bye week, how the team can improve during the bye week. Of course, we threw the question out there. Is there a roster move or moves you think the Raiders can make that are reasonable and to prove that, improve that position or that side of the ball, whatever that roster move you think it is. Again, it has to be reasonable. Nothing crazy, you know. They're not going to go and get Aaron Donald. They're not going to go and get Justin Jefferson or, you know, make some crazy, insane move like that. But something that's reasonable, something that you see out there or you think, hey, you know, this this area, if there's if there's one of these guys, if there's a uh, another right tackle on a team that's, you know, a losing team and you think that maybe the Raiders can make a move and, and get that veteran in there right now, I mean, that's fine. Those are those are all valid. So uh, hit us up and let us know about it. 702-365-9200, also 69187, keyword R&R. Before we get to any calls and texts, though, I mentioned we just talked to Robert Carr, NFL sideline photographer. It gets hairy on the sidelines sometimes, right? As a guy who loves the sidelines, would do a really good job as a Raiders sideline reporter if, uh, you know, they happen to be listening and I'm throwing my name in the hat like I always do. Anytime I'm in the building, I say it really loud too. <laughs> just, just so they know, so they can never say, well, we didn't know. No, you know. It's been on record. <laughs> it gets a little hairy on the sidelines at times. You know, we talked to Robert Carr, and he was talking about how he's been trucked. He's had Jamarcus Russell throw the ball at him or, you know, get hit by a Jamarcus Russell ball and Drew Brees, and it, it's it's sometimes it's tough out there. It gets no tougher than it got for Jessica Mori, a girl that I used to actually work side-by-side. Uh, side. She worked at the local news station. I worked at ESPN Central Texas, and we were both covering Temple High School football. And when I say she got trucked on the sideline, DeMond, you have finally seen the video. You break it down. All right, so this receiver, he's making a heck of a play. <laughs> I mean, he's bouncing outside. He's maybe even trying to go for a touchdown. But as his momentum is taking him out of bounds. His what? Wait, his what? The scientific term momentum. <laughs> uh, Jessica in the video, it was one of those, if you freeze frame, you know how a movie starts? I bet you're wondering how it ended up right here. Because <laughs> there's that split second where she realizes she tries to take a step back, but there is no stopping this young man as he runs through her through her this would have he didn't run into her he ran through her ran through her and it was just one of those like bam (laughs) she's she's on the ground i mean everybody ran to her defense and obviously she's okay now but looking at it and q showed me multiple angles it was bad it was bad (laughs) but for me like the funniest part i'll just say it is that that split second of I'm in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know when they say, and this is what me and DeMond were doing in the break, it's like, and that was the moment that I knew I was in trouble. (laughs) That's what it looked like because she did try to take one little slight step back and almost like move her camera a little bit. And at that point it was like, oh man, you're in trouble. The camera went flying. I saw a piece of the camera like fly off. It detached. (laughs) Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I'm surprised she didn't detach from like earth, right? The way she got hit. She was drilled. And, man, being at the game when it happened, I just remember being like, doom. The whole sideline was like, hey, look out. And then, bow. 
If I'm that young man, I'm putting that on my, my huddle account. Oh, of course. That's going on the highlight reel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, this is how this is how hard I run. I never give up on the play. At all. I run through someone's <laughs> face. And he literally did run through her face. 702-365-9200. Want to hear from you. Let's go out to Denver. Talk to our guy, Raider Dave. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, man. Oh, you talk about uh, positions to be filled in. I think at this point, Raiders may have to look for another tight end. I don't know where they get one from, and I don't know if any other ones on the practice squad, but Hawkinson being the only guy that was in there, I'm like, goodness gracious. A couple other things. Um, Anybody who didn't like uh, the the rough-of-the-passer call on Sunday or Monday, I think needs to curb their hatred, not for the call, but for the rule. If you look it up, there's a note in there that says that these officials can throw this anytime they want. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can say the NFL puts it in. Well, really, what's the NFL? It's the 32 owners that are paying for a quarterback. That's who the NFL is, and that's why that rule is there. So it's unfortunate it's getting to the point where it can dictate games. So some of it does need to be changed or, or curbed or corralled in somehow to where they don't have that kind of ability to change games arbitrarily just because it's a judgment call like that. But uh, as far as Devontae Adams goes, this is what worries me, is for a certain tight end in New England, a certain running back in Baltimore, and a certain uh, linebacker in Baltimore, over the years there has been legality issues with players being accused of stuff or whatever. And mm-hmm. usually, and I'm not all time, but usually the NFL, so we're going to let the legal system play out first. And they do end up talking with the teams to see if the team will take some discipline as well before the league actually takes discipline. Because I think if the team doesn't take enough discipline or the legal avenue doesn't take enough discipline, then the NFL decides it's on them because they want to protect their shield. But here's the timing of all of it that I wonder about. If it's going to be one game, why doesn't Mark Davis make that one-game suspension when they are going against an inferior opponent? Otherwise, you have no idea when the legal system is going to play this thing out, how long it'll go, and then the NFL could just say, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and suspend him for that 17th game. And they'll pick a game where it could hurt the Raiders more than ever. I think, I think, and thank you for the call, Raider Dave. I think it's going to actually happen if they do suspend him. I think it'll be for this Houston Texans game. I really do. Uh, one of the reports that we read, and look, I don't, I don't know this for a fact. Again, this is just my gut feeling. But one of the reports that we read was that the NFL is taking their time only because they know that the Raiders have a buy, and so they don't have to immediately make the decision. So I think, again, just my gut feeling, I think that they're going to make a decision sometime probably next week or maybe before, maybe even by fr- Friday. Who knows? You know, I think it's going to come down sooner rather than later. And I know that the, the legality part, like you're 100% correct. They'll let the, the legal part play itself out. But I think now that he's actually been charged is – then they'll say, okay, well, we can make a, you know, we can make a, 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 a punishment. We can say, okay, this is what we feel. I could be absolutely wrong. I hope I'm wrong because my gut feeling, which is, again, all I go off of, tells me that he's going to get suspended for one game. That's just my gut feeling. I hope I'm wrong. I, I think that there's guys in the league that have done a lot worse and have gotten nothing. But also my argument can't be, well, you know, look at this guy did. And this, like, you know, th- it just doesn't work like that. So we'll see what happens. I just, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough. You know, the fact that he tweeted out about the apology, he, just said, he gave the apology in the locker room. Uh, now the apology on Twitter is deleted. That's another thing that's not there anymore. So I'm sure someone said that, hey, that doesn't look so good. We had uh, Daniel Lust on, the sports attorney, yesterday, and he was saying that now that the charges are there, it probably 
increases the the chances of him, you know, getting a suspension or getting a harsher punishment going from, you know, maybe 20% chance to like a 50% chance. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, it, it's it's such a great area, I think. And on the football side of what uh, Raider Dave in Denver asked about, maybe getting another tight end, down in Miami, Mike Gusecki, <laughs> he's not getting any playing time in Miami. He's a tight end on the franchise tag down there. But you got a tight end. You got a tight end that you just paid. I'm just saying, well, he said maybe. I'm I know. Just, I'm just giving, him an, I'm oh, just giving him an answer. I know. Of someone who is unhappy in his situation because he is a receiving tight end who the Dolphins are like, yeah, bro, we need you to block. Right. We got Tyreek Hill and Waddle. Right. We don't right. need you to catch. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, that could be an answer to your question. It could be. Um, you know, I, again, like I said, I, I uh, you got a you gotta tight end that, that you just Highly paid. Highly unlikely. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, it's crazy. How a couple bad games, man. People want you out of here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that. How quickly someone will sour on you, right? A couple bad games. And look, I mean, that's on Darren Waller as well. I mean, he's got to step up and he's got to play a lot better. Uh, you know, he he didn't he uh he didn't participate a lot in training camp for whatever reason. I'm not here to point fingers and say this, that, and the other, but it just hasn't clicked yet for him. You know, it hasn't clicked for Hunter Renfro yet either. Both those guys got paid. Both those guys, uh, I think Raider Nation, including myself, expect to see more from. You know, execute at a high level. You said it earlier, execution. The execution's got to be better. Well, they've got to be able to execute at a higher level. Uh, got a text from the 702. Okay, Devontae situation. The charges filed in KC is less than a misdemeanor. $250 fine. If there's a suspension, this would be beyond insane. I, again, don't disagree with you. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I just, I'm just telling you what I think. Not saying that I'm pounding the table for that. Don't think that it's... That serious? I didn't think it was that serious Monday when it happened. I thought, okay, that's not a good look. It's probably going to have to apologize and probably have to, you know, have some settlement off to the side and everything will be done, said, and over with. I never thought it would actually get to court and there'd be charges. I mean, he has a November 10th court hearing set right now. I, I, and DeMond just rolled his eyes. And you know what? That's exactly how I feel, right? I mean, there's a lot more going on that you can take someone to court for than that. I think that's silly. Like I said, look at me, Louie, because that's why right. I really wanted to ask Bob about that. Was just he? They have the black book. You could we could reach in and find like, hey, mm-hmm. who's the Raiders head of PR? Right. Hey guys, I uh, just want to get in Devontae. I'm the photographer mm-hmm. that he pushed over. If, you know, if you guys could handle this for me in any way, you could have gone the nice way about it. Yeah. And probably got what you're asking for or what we know that you want. I feel like someone got in his ear. Mm. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Because he jumped up really quickly. You know, and he, I mean, it, it's not like he stayed down. I mean, like John McClain said, oh, if Q had got hit, he'd have stayed down. He'd have been down. And he was joking. But to that certain extent, like, yeah, I mean, if, if you think that something just benefited you. Payday. Yeah. You stay down. It's kind of like Ezel in the, in the liquor store, right? My neck my, my, my neck back. and my back. I need $150,000. I'll set out of court for two forties. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's one A of those. Things. and envelopes. It's <laughs> just one of those situations. Got another text for the 209. Excellent thought, Damon Jacecki. Might as well get him on a one-year rental, too. Waller isn't producing consistently right now. And, again, if you were looking to improve or move that tight end position around, that would be fine. But, I mean, they just paid Darren Waller. He just – I mean, the ink is still wet on the contract, right? I mean, it's still there. I I just don't – I don't see anything happening with Darren Waller. I know multiple people have tweeted at us and said, oh, trade him, trade I don't see that happening. I think the biggest issue with the tight end position is Foster being injured. 
I thought he was going to have a chance to go on Monday, and that would have helped him out in a major way, but he wasn't able to go. Hopefully, by the time they get back from the bye, he'll be he'll be healthy, right? I mean, the first day of practice that we saw him was on Saturday before they left for Kansas City, which is a good thing, but obviously it wasn't enough. Yeah, shout out to my man in the 209, but let me just uh, clarify this. Get my name away from... I'm not saying... <laughs> Get rid of Darren Waller. <laughs> Just want to clarify he gonna that. He's going to see you in the locker room and be like, oh, you the man. You the man that's trying to get rid Somebody of me. Somebody on the radio saying Mike Gisecki better than me, huh? <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I'll be like, oh, Darren, DeMond's over there. there. The little guy. No, 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 behind that guy. Yeah, yeah. Just look down. There you go. There, That's him. <laughs> One of those people, hey, man, he having too much fun at Aces Parades. That's why the people's like, he looked uninterested on the sidelines. And so now you're going to sit. Look, I would. I don't know how I'd feel if I was on the sidelines and I was injured. I, I really wouldn't, right? I mean, you can rah-rah for your team, but you could also be upset as hell that you're injured, right? And you only got to play six snaps, and you're in a rivalry game, and you're in Kansas City. I mean, there's so many things that could be going through that man's head. And, oh, by the way, I just got paid and I haven't performed yet. That also sets in. I mean, you know, whenever people say, oh, well, look at him. He doesn't care. Or this Man, think about everything that's going through his head. If that's all going through your mind, think about what's going through his head. I tell you right now, I, I stress off of things. Someone asked me, uh, one of our really good friends uh, from the Bay, they, uh, they came to Texas, or they came here. They came to Texas too, but they came here and they went to that Minnesota Vikings uh, preseason game, Anna and Rob, and they came to our house and I was wrapping up one of my ESPN national shows and, from the house, right? And Anna said, Q, what, what drives you? Like what, what makes you do this every day and do it at the level that you do? And I told her it's my fear of, having a bad show or be or failing. Like I, I, I'm so worried about failing that I got to put extra in. So I can only imagine if I came to the show and I was prepared and was ready to have a big, fantastic show like yesterday, and then it gets derailed or all of a sudden I just can't go. Like something happened to me and I'm on the sideline. I know how I'd look. I'd probably look dejected. And my mom would probably say like, pick your chin up, boy. You know, that's, I mean, she'd probably have to check me or, or the wife would have to check me. But sometimes, man, when you're so adamant about being great at what you do sometimes when you can't do it it bothers you and you look like you have you you're so in, uninterested in anything else you know what i mean like that happens i can only speak from a radio point of view because that's all i do that's all i know but i'll tell you what and demand you're my witness when we have a bad show you know how angry i get mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing and it's not your fault i take it very personal and if I am in here and I do a bad show, I feel like I failed Natalie, who hired me. I feel like I failed, you know, everyone who works with us because I got to, I'm supposed to be the standard. So let's make it happen. So that's not making excuses for Darren. I'm not in his head. I'm just saying that's what he probably is angry about is that he can't get out there and do what he's great at and what he loves to do. It just is something that just resonates in you where you can't, ugh, it just drives you crazy. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Quick. Quick. Brother Quick, what's on your mind? Two balls. What's up, boss? Appreciate you, man. A couple of points here today. Uh, one, Mr. Darren Waller's trade value is non-existent. So let's just get that out of our head. Nobody wants an often hurt 30-plus-year-old tight end on a crazy, crazy deal, except the Raiders. Number two, who would I like to see my Raiders go out and get? Well, I think Divine Diablo plays too many snaps. And I think that he's not who we think he is. And I would like to upgrade that position with one Roquan Smith. Mm. I, watch, I, 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 I challenge everybody to watch him tonight. Love Make him play sideline to sideline. Yep. And, you know, one other thing, I'm, I'm going to bring a full circle here. 
Mr. Waller was uh, holding us hostage, like I mentioned yesterday, all throughout training camp. Mr. Roquan Smith was also in a hold-in situation, but you know what he did? He practiced as well. So it's hard for me to hear you say, to you that he's just itching and chomping at the bit to be great, because if he was, then he would have been practicing, getting used to a new scheme, a new coach, a new system, but he wasn't. And now look at him, hurt and don't know what's going on out there. I appreciate you, fellas. I'm out of here. Good call, good call. And I'm, like I said, not making an excuse for him. I'm just saying what goes through my mind. And that could be what's going through his mind. I, I don't know. I'm not in his head. You know, for all we know, he was very injured in, in training camp. I don't know. You know, there was all the speculation because of the contract, because of clutch sports. I even said that. Because of clutch sports, I thought, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they said hold in, right? I mean, just because clutch sports is clutch sports. So I understand where you're coming from. I can't say that, hey, man, you should have been out there practicing if you're legitimately injured. If you're injured, then no, you shouldn't have been out there practicing. So uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to digest there, but a really good call. Let's, you want to get one more in real quick? Yeah, let's go out to Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What up, fellas? Hey, y'all doing a great job, man. Thank you. You know, you know, Q, and I love your your hard work. You and DeMont, both of y'all getting gas and stuff. We, we never had this. As a Raider fan for over 40-some years, I mean, we never had something like this that we could go to. Um, and you guys doing great, man. But here's, here's my biggest thing with, 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 with some of these fans, and that's why they call them fans. Why would we trade um, Darren Waller or, I mean, Waller or do anything? Just just keep the course. See what happens at the end of the season. We overreacted every time a loss or win or stuff, and I – Every uh, granted, I'm the first one to tell you that one and four don't sit well with me. Right, but I know it can be turned around. I don't know about making the playoffs, but I think it can be turned around. So we gotta we gotta chill out, relax, and let it go. At the end of the season, if we one and fifteen or something like that, then you can then you can over. But I think we a lot of people overreacting. And Q, I know Jack Mc, um, McDaniel's. I, I'm going to tell you now, McDaniel's. He need he need to stop doing all this and. Analytics. The analytics is okay. Go with your gut feeling sometimes. And Q, I, I, my last thing on this is Waller. You know, I've been a Raider fan for a long time. We've had great tight ends, Casper, you, mm-hmm. you, you name it. And the thing is, why would you trade? You can't trade talent because you never get the talent back. Right. So just let, let the guy heal up and he come back, he's going to be all right. We overreact on every win, on every loss, because we fans. That's it. But at the end of the day, we just need to see see where the course go and go from there. And that's it, man. We we, we just got to keep going. We got to keep going. We can't give up. The season is not over. Gotcha. Hey, good stuff, Raider Mac. It's good to hear from you. I appreciate that. And some good positivity right there. And, yeah, it's, it's easy to go one way or the other, right? It's, it's easy to overreact uh, to a win. It's over, easy to overreact to a loss or multiple losses. So uh, good stuff, man. Way to put it in perspective. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. Got a tweet that I wanted to get to. Uh, Lady Raider 559 said, Jermaine Illuminor is my biggest issue on the offensive line. Every week he has so many penalties. Get a vet on the right side. And, you know, I – Man, <laughs> you know, we were, we were pulling for Jermaine Illuminor. He was a guy who let it be known that he was he had messed up multiple opportunities he's had in his career, wanted to get things turned around. And like Lady Raider 559 said, it just hasn't worked, right? Too many times in critical moments, too. Penalties, penalties, penalties. That can't happen. Those penalties, get, they just come back to haunt you every single time. 
big plays. Penalty eliminates it. Big play. And then you, you know, the camera pans back and you see seven deuce and you just see him shaking his head or looking up like, oh man, what's going on? And look, this is a guy that I know for a fact cares, right? I mean, just from all the conversations I've had with him personally, he cares, right? He wants to be great. It's just not clicking. It's just not working. I would have no problem if the Raiders looked at those teams that I mentioned earlier in the show, the Panthers, the Washington uh, Commanders who play tonight, uh, maybe even the Bears, you know, teams that you just know aren't going anywhere, teams that you know are just kind of floundering around. I would say the Texans, but I don't even know if they have guys that are some guys that, that Dave Ziegler and company would even want. Guys that are really on the struggle bus, teams that are on the struggle bus right now, you know that they're going nowhere. I would have no problem if they went out there and said, hey, that's, that's still a really good offensive lineman right there. You can get that guy right now. That guy could come help us be a lot better, shore up that offensive line. Going back to the conversation we had yesterday about the three things that they need to do during the, the, the bye week, learn what they do really well, know what they do, that they don't do good enough, but they have to keep doing and knowing what they have to scrap. They got to continue to work on their play-action pass. You know how you're, you're going to improve your play-action pass? Have better protection. So that's something to think about as well. 3.39 is the time. When we come back, we'll talk. We'll not talk to, but we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. He'll join the show, talk about the bye week, talk about the team moving forward as there's no more off weeks. After this week's a wrap on Monday, they'll start officially preparing for the Houston Texans. I'm sure they're preparing for the Texans right now, but officially come Monday, it'll be, all right, it's, it's, it's the Raiders time to get down and prepare for week seven of action. So that's coming up at 4 o'clock. Lincoln Kennedy will join us then at 4.30. Vinny Bonsignor, he'll close out our guest lineup. I've already had Tim Brown and Robert Carr. So some fantastic guests that we've had, and we got some fantastic guests on the way. But right now we want to hear from you, and we have heard uh, some great calls and also some great text, and including Raider Dave in Denver. And Raider Dave actually called back during the break to, to clarify something. Go ahead, DeMond. Yeah, he wasn't saying get rid of Darren Waller because that's what I took it to because I mentioned a tight end yeah. that could be available. Yeah. But he said that the Raiders just need some more tight end, maybe someone on the practice squad because they do like to run two tight end personnel sets right. when it comes to running the ball. Hopefully they get Foster back. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm hoping is that you see Foster get back, and then Darren Waller is able to get healthy over this uh, this this week or you know this bye week off, and and by the time they they host the Texans, hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be feeling a lot better. Uh, Doctor Andy said, "I would love to see Waller for treatment. He's not right. I can get him there." Doctor Andy, he's my guy. Doctor Andy and da- Doctor Jen, of course, they uh, they do fantastic work. And uh, yeah, I remember when <laughs> Doctor Andy was saying, "Send Richie Incognito my way. I got him." <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Remember that? that? Remember that? He'll get him. He'll get him right. So uh, there you go. Uh, that's uh, Doctor Andy talking about Darren Waller, and he'll get him where he needs to be. Now, something else that Raider Dave in Denver had mentioned was the roughing the passer penalty, and I've I said I didn't like it with Chris Jones on Derek Carr, and I know that when you know he's called in and talked about the penalty, it's in the book. I, I get that. That's directly at me. That's fine. But my thing is, I just want to see consistency. And it hasn't been consistent ever since Tua got got the concussion, the second one, right? It hasn't been consistent. There's been, in my opinion, overcompensation, trying to get it right. And it's almost like when you're driving and you and you start to swerve and you overcompensate and then it makes it even worse. You're not supposed to do that. I feel like that's what the NFL is doing. Instead of just going with the curve, they're overcompensating. So that's I'm I'm with you. I get that it's a rule. I just think that they're 
over policing the rule right now to try to make up for their failures when it came to Tua. But head coach Josh McDaniels earlier this week when we met with him on Tuesday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, he was actually asked if he'd like to see a change in the roughing the passer call. It's such a, I mean, with the way they're protecting the quarterbacks now, I mean, it's such a tough call on the officials. I mean, um, I'm not sitting here saying that that was the right or wrong call. I'm not, I'm not getting into that. I just, say it again. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's a tough thing to do. I mean, if, I mean, we, we talk to our pass rushers all the time about, you know, I mean, now we're, you know, we have to coach like when you're, when you sack the guy, you got to make the effort to roll off and, um, you know, those are just those are things you didn't have to worry about, you know, five, six, eight, ten years ago, you know, where you just sacked the guy, you know, and just landed on him. And then, you know, there's some things obviously that happen to the shoulders and those kind of things. And but it's football, you know, so um, I, I'm I kind of look, I like the opportunity to protect the quarterback as much as the next guy does, because I think that that position is so unique and important to our league and our game. Um, I also understand the, the perspective of the defensive player. He's trying to make a hell of a play, and in many cases they do. They made a great play, and, you know, here we go. And now it's like, you know, they get penalized for something that, you know, uh, whether it was or wasn't, I don't know, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a tough call on the officials. So, um, you know, I'm not in charge of those rules. Uh, we try to coach them the best we can, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and say it's easy. You know, to try to teach a guy that's going full speed and has a great chance to make a play on the quarterback to try to do something at the very end to avoid getting a penalty. I mean, it's it's tough, not easy, you know. Uh, but I know every coach in the league is dealing with the same thing, um, you know, and trying to coach it the best that they can. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels. You know what else is not easy? Talking about officiating without talking about it officiating, right? Because they get fined, right? If they, if they just all of a sudden just go after an official and say, that was a terrible call, this, that, and the other, they get fined. So, you know, I can understand Josh McDaniels being very careful with what he said, but he said nothing wrong there. You know, I think he said what, what I know what I believe is what he just said is the fact that it's very hard to ask a guy like a Max Crosby going 100 miles an hour to get to Patrick Mahomes and then all of a sudden at the same time slow up so you don't get a penalty. And you saw what Max Crosby had to do, basically bear hug him. He had to basically bear hug Patrick Mahomes so you know he didn't take him to the ground. And the problem's going to be is when that backfires on the Raiders or any other team, right? I mean, you, you'll say that to any other team in the league. When you're watching the game, it might happen tonight. You know, Roquan Smith might be blitzing, right? And he might get to the quarterback, and all of a sudden, he doesn't want to take him to the ground because he doesn't want a penalty, so he kind of lightens up a little bit, and all of a sudden, the quarterback squirts out of there. Well, why didn't he take him to the ground? Then all of a sudden, it's, you know, you got to finish the play. Okay, so do you finish the play or do you not finish the play? What's the middle even? I think it's almost on the quarterback to know, like, the quarterback. I think Patrick Mahomes did that with Max Crosby where it's like, the, oh, okay, you got me. Right. Where, like, the quarterback. But you saw what he did when Denzel Perriman sacked him. He threw his hands up like, where's the flag? Yeah, like, they're looking for the flag. Yeah. But, like, when Max gives him the, gives him the bear hug mm-hmm. because, you, like, a Kyler Murray. Right. It's yeah. Who's going to be? Who's going to bear hug him? Yeah, because he's one of those guys that's always trying to extend the play, always right. trying to make it work. Or the bigger one you mentioned the game tonight, Carson Wentz. He's not what he used to be, right. but he's still one of the bigger a- athletic quarterbacks in the league when it comes to being six five, two forty, and he can still move a little bit. Right. Where it's just the way the quarterbacks are playing today, like Lamar Jackson, you got to take him down. You have to. If you don't hit that dude hard, he's 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 gone. He's gone. So then, if you hit him hard. Then you get a penalty? So it's like, what are we doing? Yeah, not, not everybody's playing quarterback anymore like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady where they're just going to say, hey, I'm going down anyway. Right. Don't worry about it. Or I'll do Derek it for Carr. you. Derek Carr will go down more times than not. 
you know, we've seen him run a little bit, but even on that play, it's not like he was trying to run and escape. He just got sacked. You know, so it's just, and it came from behind. It wasn't even like it was something he saw coming and he could try to, you know, it, it came from behind. It's just such a difficult thing for anyone. I'm not, it's not, I don't care what team it is. It's just very difficult for the defense to try to make a play like they've been trained to do their whole lives. I mean, they didn't just wake up today and end up in the NFL, right? They've been playing this game forever and they all of a sudden are being told, hey, you've got to do this differently. You can't do this. It's just, it's difficult. And it's, it's on them. I guess that's why they get paid the big bucks, right? They they get the they get the big bucks to adjust and figure out what they're trying to do. Uh, also, head coach Josh McDaniels was talking about the offensive line performance. Obviously, that's something that we've been talking about all offseason, all training camp, all seasons long so far. They've had a bunch of variations of the offensive line, but the last couple games, Josh Jacobs has been rolling. So, what does Josh McDaniels think about the offensive line and what Josh Jacobs has done? Yeah, I think they're, I mean, I really think they're battling, um, giving Josh an opportunity to get started. Um, some of the plays, you know, we, we always talk about keeping the line of scrimmage clean and getting that, giving the back an opportunity to hit the hit the hole and have an entry point. And uh, I thought there was some, some really good blocking done up front. I would add Jakob in there. I would add the jumbo tight end, um, you know, did some really good work for us there. Um, you know, and then Josh makes some great runs. I mean, he sees things that, I mean, some other backs just may not see. And that's God blessed them with that ability to do so. And so, um, no, I think they've really taken some pressure off of some other people. You know, when you can run the ball for 130, 150 yards, whatever the number is, um, you make first downs on the ground. It's not every series. It's got to be four third down conversions. And um, I think they've done a really nice job of doing that. I think they're getting better together, um, you know. And, and, you know, look, there's always things we have to improve. You know, there's definitely things we can make progress on. But I like how physical they're trying to be. I think they're trying to establish that kind of mentality. And we obviously need to keep, you know, keep doing that going forward. There you go, head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the offensive line. And, you know, when we were talking about things that they do really well, what I just heard him say is something that the Raiders do really well, and that is that jumbo tight end, that extra offensive lineman. Uh, it was Thayer Mumford this past game, right? Thayer Mumford came in and was that guy that, that replaced Justin Heron, who's out with the ACL, but it was able to play that, that jumbo role. I like that. I like that look. It seems to be very effective for the Raiders when they run the rock. Of course, Josh Jacobs is, is doing the heavy lifting, but at the same time, I really do like the lock the look that they have when they bring in that uh that offensive lineman to be a, a jumbo tight end. Uh something that we talked about quite a bit, we talked with Lincoln Kennedy about it, is the close games. Learning how to win the close games as they won a bunch of them a season ago. They've gone against the Raiders this season. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about how to win and what it takes to win close games in the NFL. I think it's it's becoming more clear to them. Again, I think experience and actually getting it done under pressure, um, you know, gives you confidence that you can do it again. You know, and, and we did a did some of those things a couple week, you know, a week ago against Denver, and we had our chances yesterday. Nobody can sit here and say we didn't have opportunities last night. That's not a true statement. So uh, we had every opportunity to to really do a good job of trying to win the game, uh, whether that was get further ahead after the first half or uh, come from. Behind and and close the game out somehow, some way on offense at the end of the game. So, 
Um, you know, I don't think anybody here is is discouraged about the fact that we're not close. I think now it's about what do we need to do in practice? What do we need to do, carry it over to the games to be able to really make the plays that are winning plays at the end so that we have an opportunity to, you know, uh, close out, you know, a lot of these close games because that's what, that's what the NFL is. It's a lot of close games every week. And, um, you know, when you start learning how to win them uh, and finishing them, you start to get a confidence and swagger about yourself. And, and then, you're, you know, when you get in the next one, you feel good about it, you know. So I don't think there's any shortcut. You know, we got to uh, eliminate the bad stuff, you know, too many penalties. Uh, we didn't turn the ball over, which was a good thing, but too many penalties, untimely penalties on our end um, that allowed, you know, either them to put us in a hole offensively or kept drives alive for them or in some cases give them an opportunity to extend a drive and score touchdowns. Um, we got to clean some of that stuff up, obviously, because that doesn't help either. No, the penalties are really something that they've got to get rid of. That's something that they need to throw in that bucket that he was talking about. Scrap it away, those penalties, those especially those unforced penalties, those ones that are just either drive killers or drive extenders. And the extenders, I mean, obviously when they're on defense, but drive killers when they're on offense, when all of a sudden you look up at second and 25, second and 30, you know, those are killers. So uh, they do have to eliminate those. Those are the Jermaine Illuminor penalties, I like to call them, because that's just who's been really the guy that's been committing those, right, and is, is bad. And I'm not trying to pile on Jermaine Illuminor. It's just the reality of it. You know, and then there's something else he said there about winning a close game. You win one of those. You win a couple of them. Then you get a little bit of confidence. You get a little swagger about yourself. That's one thing I can say about that uh, 2021 team last season. The Raiders, they believed that they were going to win every one of those close games, right? There was not one close game. Hell, even the playoff game. I know for me, I had all the confidence. Me and DeMond were standing at the M Resort watching that playoff game against the Bengals. And I was like, oh, it's, a, it's in the bag. That's a wrap. DC's got it. The Raiders are moving on to the next round. Like I, I was that confident. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. But when you see it happen so many times like they did, that confidence is there. Like, oh, no sweat. Got this. This team hasn't done that yet. So they don't have that confidence of, oh, yeah, this is in the bag. Derek's going to get it done. Oh, Devontae's going to come up with a big play. Josh is going to have a big run. Darren's going to come down with the ball. I mean, they don't have that yet. So that is something that you could take away from the, the close game losses that they've had. When they, have, when they see one, it's almost like going through the basket. I say it all the time. You know, when you see a, a ball go through the hoop, DeMond doesn't see that very often, but when it goes through the rim, boom. You got confidence you can do it again, right? All, all joking aside, sometimes you just need to see the ball go through the hoop a couple times, and then you have that confidence, that belief that you can get it done. Final soundbite I want to hear, or I want you to hear from Coach McDaniels uh, earlier this week is about the bye week, which is what the Raiders are on right now. It's an early bye week. After five weeks of the regular season, is that good for the team? I, I don't wouldn't say that. I mean, you know, sometimes when you lose, the first thing you want to do is play again. You know what I mean? I, I think that's generally the feeling that most guys have, uh, most coaches. Um, so, you know, it, it'll it'll kind of eat at you for a little while here because you have the time off. Uh, I think whenever we have the bye, whenever they give it to us, it's always, you know, the right uh, the right intentions to just, you know, hey, take your mind and, and you know, get it away from football for a few minutes here, a few days, and try to, you know, regroup, you know, and, and get ready to go, you know, because obviously we're going to have a long stretch here when we come back. So um, that's really going to be the goal. Find some things we can do better, uh, get our minds off of football for a little bit, allow the players to kind of rest and recover, um, and then get ready to go and, and try to play our best football as we go forward. Head coach Josh McDaniels earlier this week uh, talking about the bye week, talking about playing their best football moving forward, and that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to play their best football the rest of the way. There are no more off weeks. It's all full full, full throttle, 
right? Every single week, it's going to be a game week until the regular season is wrapped up. And if they earn postseason action, then they earn postseason action. If they don't, well, then they don't. One quick text from the 408. When Adams hears this narrative that we need to learn how to win or not lose or whatever, it probably annoys him. He's been winning his whole career. He also knows what he signed up for. He wanted the trade. He wanted to come to the Raiders. He's here. He's with his college teammate. I'm sure everyone in that locker room doesn't want to hear that we have to learn how to win. or what. I'm sure nobody in that locker room wants to hear that. But as a leader of the team, as a captain with the C on his chest, even though there is no C on his chest, they don't have the captain, the, the C's on, on the jerseys. He's, he's one of those guys that's got to lead that locker room. Him, DC, Denzel Perryman, Mac Hollins, AJ Cole, you know, all those, all those guys that were elected as captains, it's their job to step up and, and, and right the ship and let the, let the rest of the guys know everything's going to be all right. 3.57 is the time. We'll come back. Lincoln Kennedy will join us. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.